Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Great. Okay. It was just that I was talking and then there was a very long delay and then you would hear me. So it, every time I tried to talk to you, you would talk over the top of me. Oh, I see. Yeah, because It's I not your fault you. because you couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just found that unbearable because I was like, is, is, am I screaming into a pin here? I'm like, literally everything I say, everyone is ignoring. That's a comic's worst nightmare, isn't it? <sighs> it's a podcaster's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. And as always, we just want to say thank you so much to all of our patrons for joining us. If you would like to become one of our beloved patrons, then all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash WTB podcast. And guys, we're thinking of taking WTB on the road. So if there's any festivals or any events near you that you'd like us to perform at, let us know. We'll maybe see you there in the flesh. Listen, I've just, I haven't done my flies up. Look, I here's the thing that I've noticed that I do, and I wear trousers all the time. So it's not like I'm Maureen who only ever wears a dress and, and puts the occasional <laughs> pair of trousers on. And so it might be a surprise for her. I live in trousers. And yet I never remember to do my flies up. Ever. Never remember. I'm literally walking out of the house with my flies undone every single time. And... Oh, you know, I can be out all day and I've been out with my flies undone and no one said a bloody thing. I've been on stage with my flies undone and no one said anything. I just, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's because nobody's looking at my groin, which I'm both pleased and upset about. <laughs> <laughs> or everyone's looking and like, don't tell her, don't tell her. Let's let's keep doing this. Yeah, just let's just keep that uh, little gap open. And it's just, just bizarre that I can get to this age and still not know to do my flies up, don't you think? Well, I leave my zip undone, don't I, at the back of my dress. Yeah, but it's da- it's right down your back. Yeah, but I can't see it, so it doesn't bother me. Okay, fair enough. Well, we can't argue with that. <laughs> can't argue with that. Oh, God. This now, I'm looking at you on Zoom, and the delay is so extreme. It's that, getting bigger. Um, 
it's get the, the delay is now like a good five or six seconds so i am seeing you uh respond to me and then i'm hearing you quite a bit later <laughs> i don't know if I'd, i don't know if i don't prefer it it's 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 like i'm i'm in the future because i'm seeing how you're responding in the future and then i hear your response quite a bit afterwards this is time travel this is what zoom has created which I, I'm into. I don't know about the rest of you. Let's do this. Let's just be in this state of n not actually in the present, but not in the future, just somewhere in limbo. That's where we are. And and, and let's see how, how well this podcast goes. <laughs> right, so now more, and I just saw you laugh, and then now I'm hearing it. Incredible. Wow. The, I hear the after snort. It was like you see her, and then you hear the snort. Okay, well, look, the, the listeners don't need to know about our technical difficulties. They They, they don't need to know about that. They, what they want is what they usually get from this podcast, cerebral immersive podcasting, okay? Where they can really connect <laughs> yeah. with us to discover what have we been doing this week? Alison, what have you been doing? Well, this week has been exciting. I told you guys earlier on, I found out that my neighbors uh, are keeping pigeons. Didn't know that uh, until one of their pigeons got into our backyard mm -hmm. and a child came to my door and um, broken English told me, pigeon, backyard, I need can't fly and so I just let a child into my house to uh take a pigeon out of the backyard and my fella Danny came downstairs and watched a child walk out of our house with a pigeon so that was probably the highlight of our week it was like well, he was like what's going on I was like I don't know. There's pigeons in the backyard and a child is collecting them I have no idea yeah I mean I can't really uh, I can't top that actually I can't top a flightless pigeon in my back garden being picked up by a five-year-old I think that's that's peak WTB actually thank you yeah yeah I thought, I thought you'd all enjoy that I thought you'd all enjoy that now don't get me wrong it doesn't beat Maureen's story of the remember when the bird flew in your house <laughs> when we were recording I had no internet no internet and then I'm just trying to sort out internet prior to that you were sitting by a bin <laughs> oh yeah and then you I come up and I'm standing by the bins you're like and none of you seem surprised when I went, oh, I'm just by the bins because I had no internet. And then that bloody bird flew in. I was like, where the fuck has that come from? It was just, anyways, yeah, that was that was a memorial moment. And Jen's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm by the bins. We Actually, we were all worried, weren't we, Alison? We thought, well, that's the end of that pod. That's the end of whatever this is. Let's just all go and have a glass of wine. <laughs> I like that you almost said podcast and then referred to it as whatever it was. It was whatever it was. I just remembered. I mean, it wasn't essentially. It is, it is a podcast of, of a sort, but it's a visual one because it's on Zoom. And also there's never any record of it, which I think is a shame. <laughs> oh, no, I've got the film. I've, I've filmed them all. It was just the fact that nobody seemed that surprised that I started the show just standing in my neighbour's front garden by the bins. Any birds in your house this week, Maureen? Uh, no. I mean, I've got some magpies nesting in the bloody scaffolding that's still up. Um, in fact, they just come out. I mean, they are pretty birds, but they shit everywhere. Um, my week was basically, I gigged, I was gigging Tuesday to Saturday, which turns out when you've just had a major operation, probably not a great idea. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. I know. But I did do, against Jen's advice, I did do my own show yesterday. Um, which I hadn't really written for, and I was going to write over the weekend, and obviously I was exhausted, so I slept all weekend. But actually, I did try some actually very new st like stuff I hadn't done before, stuff about my housing, and some of it got laughs, some of it was a rant, some of it I think was therapy. But um, it did get laughs, and I tried out quite a bit of new stuff, and it went well. It was a really lovely audience. It was, um, you know, it was quite packed, and they were lovely. So actually, and I did a very different style from me because I sat on a stool and, you know, me normally I'm very like bang, 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 bang. 
I just did it a lot slower and kind of did it more conversationally. And it, it was like a very different vibe and it, it worked really well, actually, I thought. Oh, that sounds great, Maureen. Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to it. I was, because I was so tired. Like I went for lunch and I had to, I had to sleep after lunch. This is how tired I get. I was really not looking forward to it. So um, it was great. And then I had three friends turn up that weren't expecting who took me out for dinner and got me, bought me some chocolates, some Hotel Chocolat. Ooh. Oh, that sounds like a great night, Maureen. Although, well, I was just, I was just going to bring that point up, actually, when you said I wasn't looking forward to it. And I thought, well, why would you look forward to it? Who in their right mind <laughs> looks forward to doing an hour of new material in front of an audience? I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I've gone, I cannot wait to try this untested material in front of people I don't know in a crowded space. Oh, this will be... My God, never. Never do I look forward to doing new material. That's my worst nightmare. Do you know, there was such a lovely audience, though. It was a top secret, obviously. It was such a lovely, lovely crowd. And even the stuff that uh, sometimes some of it was a bit of a rant. Um, but they were just they were just even laughed about that. So that it was a really nice, you know, for somebody who wasn't looking forward to it. And you know what's really good is when you try out new stuff and you think, oh, yeah, it, I think it's it, 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 it's very good for you as a comic, isn't it? When you try out new stuff and it works, it kind of gives you a little boost. Yeah. You're like, I still got it. I can still produce jokes. Still got it. What about your week, Jen? Well, last night we had some young people. I don't know if you know about these people. Have you heard of them? They're <laughs> full, of, full of energy, full of beans, these young people. Out and about they are. And uh, opposite where I live, there is a pub. Now, this pub is quite good, actually, because by 11 o'clock, the guy who owns it, very, he shuts up shop and he doesn't allow people to be hanging out outside and making a noise because he's aware that it's a residential area. However, these students didn't get the memo. So quarter to one in the morning, they're outside this pub, just screaming at each other. They've been doing this for about an hour, just screaming. But they're sitting opposite each other on the pub tables that are outside, have been left outside, just screaming. It, I mean, it's, I, I just don't understand what is wrong with these people. It's like, that your friend is there. Why are you screaming at them? Then they started to do karaoke. I, as you can imagine, not the most tolerant of people, am I, at the best of times, but I found myself going into a bit of a rage actually it's fair to say <laughs> and I initially I they weren't sitting at those tables they were sort of around a corner so they were on the street but I couldn't see them from my vantage point where my window is and it got to the point where I was like I don't know where these stupid pricks are so I opened the window in my bedroom and I I, I slammed I sort of like held it open like that I was like I stuck my head out and I thought if I left the window open, it would just stay there, you know, just stay in place in situ. So I stuck my head out, but the window didn't stay where it was. And it smacked me <laughs> <gasps> directly in the eyeball. Oh. Uh, so I have a very little bruise there. Look, it's, it's fine. I'm, I've got a high pain threshold. I'm a woman. <laughs> but that obviously tipped me over the edge. So <laughs> in my pyjamas, I came down the stairs, just walked into the middle of the street like a mad woman <laughs> i mean i think about it now and i think oh dear brister you you should you need some valium love i went out and i just said what do you think you're doing i said this is a residential area i mean listening to myself back i can hear what twat i sound i said there's families there's children sleeping my children were asleep actually they were fine i was awake i was like what do you think you're doing? Just screaming in the middle of the street. By the way, at this point, I'm screaming in the middle of the street. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? And at least they had a tune earlier. 
I, I, I've got nothing. I'm not bringing anything to the karaoke table. I should have at least stepped out and done a bit of Queen or something. I said, whatever you're doing, you need to go. You, I said, you've got to just go. What, you, you're not staying here. Go. And uh, one of them went, well, if you'd, you could just needed to ask and we'll go. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. She said, well, you're not really asking. I went, well, just, and I said something like, be gone. Like, or something mental like that. Just be gone. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the 13th century. Be gone. Anyway, that, that obviously made them laugh because there's a mad woman shouting, be gone, in the middle of the street. <laughs> I mean, there's no way of coming back from this. I am now awake, obviously, because I've been sm smacked by face myself in the eye. It's not their fault. This is me. And I'm just shouting at a bunch of teenagers who, you know, are just trying to have a nice time. But the point that was made was I could have just gone over and said, kids, do you mind just moving this on? Because I'm really tired and I'm trying to sleep. I think they would have got up straight away and gone. Instead, I come out like a raging lunatic. <laughs> and then at the end of it, shout, be gone. And I'm surprised that they just started laughing in my face. They stuck around for another half an hour, if I'm honest, before they left. So it was a lesson learned there, really, is uh, how to approach teenagers. I was going to say, that's how I'm going to end all my arguments. Like a magician. Be gone. Be gone, you. Be gone. If it helps anyone that's listening to this going, oh, if that works, I'll give it a whirl. It doesn't. So don't. Um, <laughs> we've all learned something this week. But I think it's time to move. Look, we've wasted enough bloody time just, just trying to get the flipping microphones to work. <laughs> let's. <laughs> I mean, do we even need a Be More Maureen? We've created our own, oh, no, but we've... let's just head over because yeah. it's time to hear from a Be More Maureen. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, actually, this is one that me and Jen discussed recently on another platform, but um, you're going to love this, Alison. We were on the beach and, you know, Jen's, you know, in mother mode, so she gives me um, suntan cream suntan lotion whatever it's called to put on which i do and then she turns around and just goes maureen because um basically the way i'd put it on my face i basically just just dabbed it on like three different areas and hadn't spread it in so there was like cream just on my on my chin i think on my cheeks and on my forehead and jim's like what the hell are you doing because uh, apparently i don't know if you know this Alison, you're meant to rub it in in our 40s okay let's not fuck about here we've all applied cream to our face it's, it's, it's not it's not a new thing that we're doing you put cream at no point do you just go right uh, i've got a little bit of cream here you just go <laughs> on your face and then go oh, i'll just leave that there i've never wandered down the street and just seen women with blobs of cream on their face going i had no idea we were supposed to rub it in we all <laughs> understand how cream works maureen because we're grown-ups now if i was going to give it to my children they're six they might go oh yeah that seems to have done the trick not at our age. We know that you put the cream on your face and then you use your hands, Maureen. Your hands. And you rub it into your blinking face, you loony. How do you think the, how do you think sun cream works? Because she looked round. Because she, she hadn't seen me do it. And she looked round and was like, oh, Maureen. And I was like, oh, God, I've done something now. <laughs> at the same time, Maureen's dress was also undone still, though, Jen. So, you know, she doesn't do up her dress when she goes into public. So... <laughs> I wasn't a dress, actually. I wasn't a dress. Of course you were. Your beach dress. 
oh, that, that's not the end of that Be More Maureen moment, actually, Maureen, because I love that you only ever tell half a Be More Maureen because you forget. And in, in fact, probably a lot of the time, it's because in your eyes, the second part isn't the Be More Maureen moment, which is always the Be More Maureen moment. So we get to the point where Maureen cannot apply any cream to her face. So I go, right, I will apply sun cream to your back and shoulders because I thought Maureen's not going to do it. Her skin's very white. I need to take care of this so she doesn't have a blister. So I do. I apply sun cream to, to Maureen's back and shoulders, even her arms, because I don't trust her, having seen what she does with her face, to understand how to rub cream into her arms. Okay, so I'm like, I'm the grown-up here. I mean, that's a thing when I'm the grown-up. So I said to Maureen, would you mind putting some sun cream on my back? No, she said, of course, no problem. So she squirts sun cream into her hand and then goes, oh, puts her hand in the sand and then goes, oh... And then rubs it into my back. Oh, you exfoliated Jen's back. I said to her, Maureen, what, what are you doing? She goes, you just asked me to rub cream into my back. I said, yeah, I did. I asked you to rub cream in my back. Not, I didn't ask you to rub a ton of sand into my back. So she's just rubbing. She's like like some, some mealy, cementy kind of <laughs> texture into my back. Of course, it's not going into. So uh, nothing's being rubbed in because it's it's already, the sand has absorbed it. I said to her, Maureen, did you not see the sand on your hand? You said, you are the one that told me to rub cream <laughs> into your back. I was like, I, I don't even know where to go into this. But anyway, so that was the Be More Maureen moment, wasn't it, Maureen? So anyways, it turns out me and suntan lotion or whatever it's called, not great friends. It, it, I don't think it's just Santa. It seems to me that it's any sort of cream for you, Maury. Yeah. I, I said, do you do that with your lipstick? Do you just sort of go, oh, that'll do. Or do you, or do you just put it all around your lips and just put one blob on one lip, one blob on the other and go, that'll do the trick. Oh, but we don't expect anything less from you, really, do we, Maureen? But you wish we should been there, Alison. Uh, you know what? It would have been fun to observe it all go down. Uh, I would have just stayed in the background and watched the two of you just to, to really take it. I would have enjoyed watching, seeing your hand go into the sand and then slowly raise <laughs> to go up onto Jen's back. I would have been like, oh, this is going to be beautiful. Um, no, Alison, this is what would have happened if you had been there. I would have asked you to put the cream on my back. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I, I wouldn't have gone to Maureen for anything because I would have already seen how she applied. So I would have gone, I, I've, there's a safe pair of hands over here. There's a, there's a woman that knows what she's doing over here. It's Alison June Smith. I'm going straight to her. I have to say, Chloe keeps out of it, doesn't she? When we are having our little tete-a-tete, you can just see Chloe, Chloe going, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, the sexual tension here is absolutely through the roof. <laughs> She's like, I can't bear it. I can cut it with a knife. <laughs> oh, but saying that, I did at one point, Joe was sitting next to me and I tapped her on the back and I went, thanks for being a good friend. And Joe went, that's the most emotion that's going to get between us. I went, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but there you had it. You had your moment. So sun lotion brought you together, girls. There we go. It was more in being emotional. was a, a smacking me on the back where the sand was and going, thanks for being good, mate. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, ice cream? She was like, yeah, that was it. And we just moved on. Thank you, Maureen. That was a wonderful Be More Maureen moment. Uh, brought back some very happy memories, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, I think it's time to head over to somebody else. Somebody who knows what they're talking about. Somebody's got some advice to give. Yeah, it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym. 
get it together Pay your taxes and stop eating chips Take my advice Take my advice, I ain't using it. All right. This week's problem is how do I appropriately apply sun lotion to my... No, I'm kidding. All right. So this week, this week, we got a good one. We got a good one. It is, it is, well, we're in August. It is the month of love, the month of weddings. Hey, weddings, everyone. And uh, this was a great one. When I saw this, I was like, oh, let's address this because I'm pretty sure this has happened to a lot of us. So here we go. My partner's friend is getting married next year, and we accepted the invite a few months ago. We were both invited. But now, one of my best friends from high school has invited us to her wedding on the same day. What should I do, and how do I approach letting one of our friends down for the wedding? Okay, well, this is what's going to happen. It is the season. This is tricky because, you know, people's weddings, it's its a big deal to them, apparently. So how, how do we go about this? What, what are some things we can do? I'm sure many people out there have encountered this, and um, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. First off, I want to say, look, let's be honest. Brides and grooms, once they get into planning the wedding, they are fully aware of how much work it is. So I like to think that brides and grooms will understand the stresses surrounding weddings, e- even amongst their guests. All right? I, I like to think that they will. They will be, but, but there is a show, however, that was made called Bridezilla. So, again, that probably is not always the situation. <laughs> so my first thoughts, my first thoughts right out of the gate uh, were this, okay? Now, maybe not ideal, but I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking if the weddings, are they close by? Are they in the same city? Is there a chance you could attend both? Or let's say maybe wedding A, you could go to the ceremony, and wedding B, go to the reception. My other thoughts, too, are I'm a little bit first-come, first-serve kind of girl, but if the secondary wedding is is very important, if this person is is of, you know, significance, is there a chance that, that you guys could go separately? Right? Could one go to one wedding and the other go to, you know, another? Is that a chance? Another way to determine, are you or your partner involved in the party? Look, if you've been involved with one wedding a bit more than the other and and they need you, I mean, I I think that determines where you're going to go. And this is awful. Please don't judge me out there, people getting married. But those of you attending the wedding, let's be honest. Which one do you want to go to? Which one can you afford to go to? That sometimes is a determiner as well. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Oh, we're getting married in Hawaii. Oh, we're getting married in Stockport. Guess which one I'm going to. You know, so, I mean, finances do do determine a lot, you know. So I'd look at it that way. Now, letting down the other person. Here's something I want you to think about going into it, okay? If you can't be there when you speak to them about it, which I say speak to them. If if this person is enough of a concern that you're like, I can't miss their wedding, or, you know, you, you got to speak to them. So when you speak to them, perhaps have a, a plan of action in mind before you speak to them. We can attend, but we want to make a weekend plan with you another time. Can we take you out to dinner? We cannot wait to spend some time with you and, and to relish in your big day. By that time, hopefully you'll have some photos and we can really see everything that went on. 
So, I mean, that's one way of approaching it, treating them to a secondary wedding celebration on you. Gifts, though, for both weddings. I'm sorry, everyone. You got to do gifts for both weddings. You have to send a gift to both. Whether you attend or not, that is an absolute necessity. Again, I'd like to think that if these people are close enough in your life that it's it's a big deal for you to go there, that, that you can have a discussion with them about it. When you go to talk to them, please pre-plan what you're going to say. I'm a big fan in writing things out. Pre-plan, you know, practice how you're going to say it. Um, Speak at the level you need to. Uh, Don't don't patronize someone when you're talking to them and also don't, you know, talk above them. So, So match them, be honest, be present when you're having the discussion and let them know emotionally that this is hard for you to make this decision. Don't negotiate. Go into the discussion knowing that you can't go. Don't let the sadness, you know, well, maybe I can try. No. Just stick to your guns, make a choice, and follow through with that. Give options for the future, and always end these discussions on a positive note, okay? It's always about celebrating their love. So even if you have to let them down on that day, let them know that you are still so wanting to be there. You will be there in spirit, and you cannot wait until later to celebrate their wedding with them. That is the best advice I can give in this situation. Oh, my God, Alison. That was great advice. Thank you very much. I just found all of that very stressful. I don't like going to weddings. Is that wrong to say that? I would find any excuse not to go. (laughs) I know. I know. People love them, don't they? But I find, look, sometimes I'm like, this is great because it's a wedding of someone. There's going to be a load of mutual friends and I'm going to get to hang out with them and it'll be fun. And I know that we'll have a great time. But more often than not, I'm going to a wedding someone I don't know that well. It might be a really good friend of Chloe's or something. So I don't know any of their friends. So I'm just stuck in a cycle of small talk until I want to kill myself. And inevitably, all I I can think about is I've got to get shit-faced. I have got to get (laughs) shit-faced. How do people do weddings sober? I want to know. What I find annoying about weddings when you're single is that generally they don't ask you to bring plus one. I appreciate it's expensive. But like you're expected to go by yourself to a wedding. Often, sometimes, as you say, you don't know anyone. And I remember this bride says to me, it's all right, I'll look after you. And it's like, well, you won't look after me because obviously it's your day and you, and it's your wedding. You've got better things to do. And then people just don't understand that, you know, I don't want to turn up to a wedding by myself where I don't know anyone. If I n- knew everybody there, that's a different thing. If I was married, I, you know, they wouldn't expect me to not bring somebody, you know, leave the husband at home. So I, I do find that really annoying when they just go, oh, no, you can't bring anyone. I do, I do appreciate it's expensive, but it's just like, like somebody wanted me to go to Paris for their wedding by myself. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I think the great thing about COVID, let's just try to find the positives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that now people aren't going to be able to go, oh, we're just, uh, we're going to have our hen do in New York. Where you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, now it's going to be we, these, these, these ridiculous weddings and, and hen do's and stag do's in like expensive places are all going to have to come to an end and it's all going to be back at like walkabout. You, do you know what I mean? Like at least it's going to be affordable again. I just could never bear the like 600 emails that you get from the, the hen that's organising the hen do. And like 300 of these emails are just telling you how it's not going to cost a lot of money. And then the last six are like, so all we need is £682 <laughs> from each of you to make this the best hen do ever. <laughs> And you're like, you just told me that there wasn't going to cost much money and now I'm having to fork out. So I don't miss all that shit. I mean, the, the tricky thing is if you've got two weddings to go to, yeah, 
and this thing, and they're both your mates. You're absolutely right, Alison, pick the one you want to go to. <laughs> but it's very hard to then tell that person whose wedding you're not going to go to, that you're going to, I'm not going to come to your wedding, but I'll try to recreate your wedding in a pub in, <laughs> in Soho. <laughs> Just the four of us. They're going to be oh. like, that's not, that's, that, that's going for a drink. Well, but is it? Because there'll be confetti. Do you know what? And, and people remember these things. Uh, a friend of mine reminded me that I got invited to the whole shebang and the dinner and she only got invited to the wedding and not the dinner. And that wedding took place 28 years ago. But I think it depends on how how close the, the other friend is. If it's like your best mate or, you know, then you're like, well, you know that. I think it depends. how, And also to give them a lot of notice because obviously these things are expensive. So what you don't want to do is wait to the last week and then tell them. And then they're stuck with £300 worth of meal that they can't, you know, they can't get rid of or something. And like, hey, I've never been married. I, I, I'm not doing the wedding thing because of these exact reasons. But I just feel, too, that like, let's be honest. I mean, bride and groom, what do they want? They just want the gift, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Share their day. It's a beautiful moment. Da, 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 da. Just give them some money. That's what they want. They want to go on their honeymoon. You know, like, honestly, you, you're always going to celebrate their love, right? You're so happy your friend is getting married. You know, this is it. I want to celebrate a marriage, not a wedding. That's the line I'd use. Let's celebrate. Celebrate your marriage, not the wedding. Which is forever. Your marriage is forever. Until you divorce. <laughs> All right. Flipping it, more. That's my main concern now is which divorce am I going to go to? Are there divorce parties or is that a joke? It's a joke, but I, I want to start that, actually. I, I'm i going to start a divorce party company. Well, Alison, thank you very much. Very good advice. I mean, honestly, good luck trying to tell the couple whose wedding you're not going to that you're not going because they will just go, well... You've chosen someone else's wedding above mine. but Or just don't tell them that you're going to another wedding. That's also a trick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just go, oh, I I tell, listen, COVID. COVID is the perfect excuse to get out of everything now. I think I've got COVID. I think I've got COVID. I'm having to isolate. I don't want to infect your entire wedding party. I don't want to make it a super spreader event. I'd love to go, but yeah, I've, I think I've got COVID. God, I mean, that's for it. None of us have to do anything anymore, do we? Ever again, because of COVID. I can't love it. Why not COVID? Oh, fair enough. That's it. None of us ever need go to an engagement we don't want to go to ever again. I'm going to have COVID in a year's time. I was going to say, just be sure you do not put up pictures from the other wedding, okay? That's one thing you and your partner have to discuss then. It's like, okay, no pictures. We No pictures on this one. No social media. Yeah, but people tag you, don't they? They put you on Facebook and then tag you. Oh, oh I see what you mean, because it will come up on your mm. Facebook feed. Oh, well, you're fucked then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, good luck with that, dear listener. Thank you very much, Alison. Wonderful Ask Alison moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Boy, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess we should find out what we've been watching on Talalvekan. Yeah, I'm afraid the only thing I've watched is Neighbours and an Austrian film uh, called Zucker Oma. I don't know if you've ever done it, but the film was dreadful, but you kind of think, well, I've watched 40 minutes of it now, so I've got to carry on watching it. And basically, I'll give you the... uh, No one's going to watch it. You can watch it on the ORF app. But um, basically, it's this grandmother who's awful, who moves in with her family. And the film's got this kind of parent trap vibe. So you assume she's going to have an epiphany, she's going to be really nice, and the family live happily ever after. She doesn't change. And then the last five minutes, all the family try to kill her, her daughter manages to kill her, and then they go on holiday. That was the film. Well, I will probably <laughs> swerve that. And it was like, but it was just really weird, because you didn't get that vibe at all. You just thought it was like this kind of, you know... Vaguely funny, kind of light film. And then they kill the grandmother and they just go, like, right, okay, we're on holiday now, having a great time. And you're just like, it's just, re- is that, I mean, that's a really weird. Do you know, it's like one of those jokes where it has a really long setup and then you're like, what? That's the punchline? It was just a very odd, very odd film. Sukkot Uma, if you ever want to watch it. I don't know if anyone's listening to this that's thought, God, I, how could I download that? Where can I get that from? <laughs> you can watch an ORF app. Somebody actually messaged me. You're not going to believe this either. Somebody actually messaged me on uh, Instagram to find out where they could watch all this, uh, these Austrian programmes I talk about. Look, I, 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 I'm not surprised, actually. I'm not surprised. I mean, you can't be the only person in this country that likes to watch Austrian television. I mean, of course it's going to be. Yeah, I believe it. I believe. Um. I watched uh, Nomadland. Uh, I, I watched it. It's on um, Disney. I've got I've got the Disney app because, of course, I have. I've got children. So you, if you have the Disney app, you can watch it. It is it's it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful film. And I, a couple of mates of mine watched it, and they said, "Oh, it's quite slow. Nothing really happens." And I d- I don't think they didn't enjoy it, but I just don't think they loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I, I could watch Frances McDormand all day, every day. 
I just think she's it's just an exceptional actor and 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 her face is, is is everything I need on screen and the director the way she shot the film it's I mean I would love to see it in the cinema that's the only thing because I mean I watched it on my television and I don't think it does justice now it's fair to say that the dialogue is minimal but visually it is a feast for the eyes and the story it tells about people in America who are now being forced to live in their cars or it's a choice because otherwise they're <laughs> for some of them it's a choice that they want to live as nomads and, and travel around uh, the states and 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 do sort of um zero hours works zero hour contract work in various different parts of the states to survive and they live in these communities and they, they really are communities they really look after one another and then they might not see each other for months or even years at a time and then they'll come together at a different place and it's about this woman who finds herself in a position where she can no longer live in the house and she buys a van and she goes on the road and it is a difficult life and it's a hard life but it has its rewards and the rewards are the sense of community the sense of space that they have there's also it's also moments of euphoria that they have just living this lifestyle as difficult as it might be because they are completely free and i think americans are obsessed with the sense of freedom aren't they but it does shine a light on the fact that you know most of these women most of these not women they're women and men have worked their entire lives and get to a point when they're most of them are pensioners and can now not they've got no pension they've got no money to look after themselves i mean this is i mean it really is quite um i, I suppose it's quite damning on the way sort of neoliberal and capitalism uh unchecked how how it really does sort of support one percent of the population and punish everybody else and um it doesn't really go into the politics of it at all okay so if you're like i don't want to watch anything political it doesn't but it's very hard to not see that um exposed as it is and laid bare as it is by these people living their lives and a, a majority of the actors that are in this movie are real they're not actors they are they they live as nomads they are part of this community you can tell a lot of it is improvised you can see that a lot of it is improvised with these with these other nomads and, and i found it i think i found i just thought it was a very beautiful film and also there was a lot of projection from other people to this character fern who was that francis mcdormand play that you know that she would want to live in a house that she would want to go back to her normal life and people were just kind of shocked and appalled that she was living in a van but this is definitely a life that she has chosen and that she wants and that she enjoys as difficult as it is i think it really did deserve the oscar that it got or the oscars that it got because i think it was it's just a really phenomenal piece of filmmaking and if you could get a chance to watch it i would i watched it on disney app but i'm, I'm sure at some point it'll be available on other like you'll be able to um stream it on premium amazon at some point i mean it's it's not i'm sure there's going to be other opportunities for you to watch it and, I, and i'm hoping it will get a, a cinema release again i'm sure it's being i'm sure it's playing in some curzon cinema somewhere if you if you get a chance to see it in the cinema i would i would do that and i would love to go and see it in the cinema great recommendation i do love that i i saw it i loved it jen Oh, did you, Alison? Did you love it? I did love it. I did love it. Because like you said, it really gives us a, a a glimpse into an alternative lifestyle. And it's interesting because like you said, she she chooses that. That's what she wants. You know what I mean? So it is, it is interesting that people are like, 
And I mean, yeah, it does show a, you know, that there is, like you said, a definite pay gap and, you know, but it, but it was really interesting learning, uh, you know, about these people and, and yeah, I, I thought it was a, a great, a great movie. I loved it. Yeah. I, I just love that sense of community that they have. And they, there is no safety net for these people that the state have created. They've fallen through the net. And so they have created their own safety net for all of these workhorses that have worked all their lives and have nothing that they will take care of each other. And that sense of collectivism, I, well, I'm a big fan of all of that, but I, I loved it. I loved that. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, do. Uh, Alison, I hope you've been keeping up with your horror movies. Oh, are you kidding? Let's let's jump right <laughs> away from anything serious. All right. So with weddings in mind, I've chosen a, a, a horror movie that starts out. It's a wedding. It's a wedding. So it's called The Remaining. Okay. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It is an action-packed supernatural thriller that addresses questions of life, love, and disbelief against an apocalyptic backdrop. Basically what happens is people go to a wedding and during the wedding, the end of the world starts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so I was like, that's awesome. The wedding goes on, they're in the after party, and then it's like revelations, like all the things from the Bible start to stop and start, and it's like the end of the world. And I just thought, well, if there's ever a movie that'll discourage you to go to a wedding, this is it, everyone. (laughs) This is it. I thought it was great. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of like, you know, monsters you don't see. There's a little like, it's left up to your imagination, which I really love. Um, for some strange reason, I love it when horror movies do the the revelations, you know, the Bible, the ending of the world. I love that sort of thing. Um, so essentially what happens is some people are taken up. Some people are, are immediately removed. So I guess they're the good people. And then the remaining, it's about what, what happens on earth. And uh, thrill a minute if you want some nonsense to just, you know, sit back. And I wouldn't say it was like there's no, like, popping out scary. There's not a lot of that. Um, it's it's pretty, it's an action-packed horror, this one. So, um, yeah, loved it, everyone. Loved it. If you want some backing up for not going to a wedding, the remaining is it, everyone. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Alison. I ought to say also... <laughs> that uh, there is a, a, a horror festival that is uh, starting in London. It's called Fright Fest. I believe it's from the 26th of August to the 30th of August. And I am in one of the films, albeit <laughs> a very small part. Who are you scaring? <laughs> it's called Lair and it's directed and written by Adam Ethan Crow, and, and it is on at the Fright Fest. It's, it's been sort of doing the tours of all the different uh, horror film festivals and uh, picking up lots of uh, awards and things. Blink and you'll miss me, but I am in there, buried in that movie. So uh, if you if that's your bag and you or you are going to Fright Fest anyway, do take a look at Lair, and I, that's uh, that's a possibility that there'll be a cinema release for that later on in the year or next year as well. And if there is, I'll tell you about it. Jen, that's amazing! You are in a horror film. That's my fantasy. Is that your fantasy? Oh wow! I'll, are you kidding? I want to be in a real nitty gritty B minus rate kind of horror film. You know what I mean? Something that's like, oh, Jen, what a what a dream come true! You're living my dream. Well, Adam used to used to do used to do stand up comedy, so I, I know him from the circuit, and we we went to Melbourne Comedy Festival together back in two thousand and eleven or something crazy like years ago. And he said to me then, if I ever do anything or if I ever make anything, I'd love you to be in it. And I said. Okay, mate, whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fast forward like nine years or eight years. And he said, I've got a movie and I'd love you to be in it. So, yeah, so there I am in it. 
Um, That's amazing. Can I ask what's the part? What is your part? Well, I play a. Poli- he he had a, a different part for me in, in mind. He had a bigger part for me in mind, but unfortunately, I couldn't do it due to other commitments. And because this is his first movie, the budget was so low that I just couldn't turn down paid work for work that wasn't as well. He did pay everyone, but it just yeah. wasn't as well paid. So he he sort of like tried to create a part for me, really. And I play a police officer in it that is interviewing a girl that has gone through an incredible trauma to see if I can get to the bottom of what's happened. Uh, and there is a little twist at the end that I am involved in. Um, but it was it was like it was, it was just a day of filming. It was just I was only on set for a day, but it was it was fun. Um, but like I said, it's a, it's a really small part, but it was fun. It was fun to be in it. Oh, that is unbelievably cool, Jen. That is so wow. Well, listen, anyone going to Fright Fest, go see Lair. Go see Lair. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Alison. I'm sure Adam would be happy about that as well that we had plugged his film. Right. Well, that's the TV out of the way. So I think there's some sort of corner we're supposed to head to is there? I can't remember Alison and we pick up some cultural stuff apparently in this corner yeah of course it's the corner time that is often cultural but sometimes just batshit <laughs> <laughs> some cultural corner yes this time we're talking books because um this is the week time of the the month where we change books so we we were this month the month just gone we were doing the midnight library which i don't know if either of you read i i gave it to my mum and she read it and she loved it oh wow stella approves it is a great i think it's a really good book if you're in the later years of your life when you start having regrets and i'm just gonna read the blurb from the book because that's gonna be better than me trying to, to give it to you Nora's life has been going from bad to worse and at the stroke of midnight on her last day on earth she finds herself transported to a library there she's given the chance to undo her regrets and try out each of the other lives she might have lived, which raises the ultimate question with infinite choices, what is the best way to live? Because I think when you get to a certain age, you kind of think, oh God, I should have done this, I should have done that. And it can it'd be quite depressing. So actually, if you read that book, I found it, I could relate to it really well. And then the book for the upcoming month, and I don't know if either of you have read it, is How to Be a Woman by Caitlin Moran. Have either of you read that? Yes, I have. What did you think? I, I loved it. I loved it. I read it when it first came out, which I can't even remember when that was. That was probably 10 years ago now, isn't it? It's like 10 years old. Uh, I, I did. I really enjoyed it. I think she's a brilliant writer. I found it hilarious and I found it quite moving in parts. And I thought her her bit on abortion was very interesting, her 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 story where she talks about abortion. And I and also very, ca- I mean, I couldn't believe how, how sort of uh, brutally honest she was. Um, which I think is needed actually that in that conversation. I, I think you know reading it because it's it's basically uh, Alice's part memoir, part rant. So it's like from her thirteenth birthday to, and it, you're right, it was it was published uh, in 2011, and it looks at adolescence, workplace, strip clubs, love, being fat, abortion, top shop, motherhood, and what it is is great. It's like you're reading stuff and you kind of go, oh, I do that because sometimes you know you think it's just you. So at one point she talks about how women, if they meet a guy and they like him, in their head they've already had a relationship with him. They've already been to Paris, broken up, whatever. And he knows nothing about this. And I'm thinking, oh, I do do that. And I thought it was just me, but do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of, it's it's kind of nice to see that you're not, you know, you're, what you're doing is, you know, is, reflects other people's reality as well. And it's a, it's a brilliant, I thought it was a brilliant book and I haven't read it for years. So I'm looking forward to rereading it. So that's what we're going to read. And if you want to do, join the WTB book club, We've got a page on Facebook. Just go and look for WTB Book Club. And it's How to Be a Woman by Caitlin Moran. If you love Maureen, you'll get to see and spend time with Maureen in book club, ask her questions. 
talk to the celebrity that is marrying you, <laughs> won't they? Yeah, that's that's an added bonus. <laughs> Are there any sections in the book on how to be a woman, on how to apply cream properly? <laughs> All right, Jen, I think it's now time to find out what's got your goat. I don't want to lose my shit over... Okay, this is it. Right, let's go <laughs> now. <laughs> getting this lesbian's goat. I'll tell you what gets my goat. Um, it's people that speak in a mid-Atlantic accent. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's not an American accent and it's not a British accent. What the fuck is it? Pick a team. It's people that are like, uh, usually people that are a bit, uh, they're English, but they've been living in America for a long time and they, they replace all the T's with D's. Do you know what I mean? Where they sort of say, oh, and I was a celebrated I celebrated uh, my birthday and uh, do, do you know mid-Atlantic accents? They're really fucking annoying. There was I was listening to a podcast and there was a really serious podcast on the Times and it was talking about Afghanistan and there was a reporter who was talking in great depth and very, you know, very sort of eruditely and was, you know, had lots of information about what was going on in Afghanistan. He's lived over there for many years. He's reporting from there. And I couldn't listen to the prick because of his stupid mid-Atlantic accent. It just absolutely ruined the whole podcast for me. I was like, you're British. Just pronounce your T's. Your T's aren't D's. I know there's people out there listening to this that can relate to it. I Unfortunately, I'm not able to give you a proper, a decent impression of what a mid-Atlantic accent is, but it's unacceptable and it's annoying. And if you have a mid-Atlantic accent, why is nobody telling you that your accent is annoying? Because if I knew somebody that did that, I'd be like, mate, it, it's not celebrated. It's celebrated. It's celebrated. Ted. T-E-D. You're not American. Just come back over here. So you know how they go celebrated. That's what they do in America. They say celebrated. We don't. We say celebrated because we're English and that's what our accent does. Just stick to the accent you know. I, 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 stop being an annoying prick. Ah oh dear. I feel like I'm alone on this one, and I, I've I've never felt more alone in my life. Do you know? I I hate it when like in books and stuff they they kind of Americanize it. Like in Bridget Jones, she's talking about how many pounds she is. And you think. I mean, that's what Americans do, but British people don't do that. No British woman would go, oh, I'm 108 pounds or something, because we don't know what that means. We'd go, we're 10 stone 12 or something. And you're thinking, you're, you're just Americanizing that for no particular reason. Or they'll talk about, because Americans don't say 5,000, do they? They'll 5,050, they'll go five, or they, they say it in a very different way. Like, they'd never say 1,500, they'd go 1,500. And it's like, why do that? It's it's like that. there was a Steve Coogan film, isn't it? They called him the probation office. No, they didn't. They called him the American term, but not the British term. I think the British term is probation officer. They called him something else. It's like, but why, you know, in Britain, we don't do that. So why do that kind of, it just, that just annoys me. Because they're trying to sell to an American audience because they're, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you don't, but the, the, but if you're watching a British film, you're watching it because it's British. They're not watching it because you want they want you to sound American. Americans aren't thick. I mean, if you know, I, 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 you know, the whole point about having a British film is is for it to be British. There's no point people going, oh yeah, I want to go on vacation, and did I use the what do the Americans call lifts? Es whatever they call them, elevators. I mean, you're watching it because it's British. I mean, yeah, but Bridget Jones's diary. I never went into it thinking it's a British film. I I can admit that I never thought Bridget Jones's diary was a British film. I was like, oh, this is a film that is... How? It's set in London and they're British. Yeah, but I guess it was just because it was pushed in a North American 
I, I don't know. Yeah. It, I have to admit, this has never dawned on me. And there is part of me that is wondering, is Jen speaking to me indirectly <laughs> is what I am concerned about right now. Is this what is happening? Am I the mid-Atlantic accent? How? You're Canadian. How can you have a mid-Atlantic accent? Your, your, your accent is Canadian. I know you've got friends in Canada that say that you you sound English. You don't. You sound Canadian. I don't think, thank you. I don't think I do. Now and again, people are like, oh, the way you said that. I'm like, no, no. What did, I said a cup of tea the other day and someone's like, oh, there it is. And I was like, what? what? It's not like I said a cuppa. I said a cup of tea. And they're like, mm, sounds British. I was like, all right, buddy. Okay. It, it doesn't, all right? So just know that. Look, I, I this isn't a, me having a go at people with North American accents. Can I just be clear about that? This is me having a go at <laughs> British people. That a bit, There was a point where Steve Coogan, if you want to know what a mid-Atlantic accent sounds like, Steve Coogan had obviously been living in America for a very long time. He was interviewed by Mark Maron, okay? Now, if you want to hear a mid-Atlantic accent in all its glory. Listen to Steve Coogan being interviewed by Mark Maron. Now, he has since lost that mid-Atlantic accent, thank God. But it is so apparent during the interview that even during the interview, I was like, what the fuck is wrong? He's from Manchester. What the fuck's going on with his accent? (laughs) To be fair, he's very good at accents and impressions, isn't he? I know. I think he's probably one of those people that picks up accents naturally and very easily before you know it. He's just, he's, he's Australian. Look, it's just, I'm not having a go at him. It's, not, it's just not me saying that he has what talent, Maureen. This is me saying that I don't like the mid-Atlantic accent, and that is an example of it. And I, I like the way Maureen's gone, yeah, but, you know, Steve Coogan is super talented. This is, I'm not, like, saying that Steve Coogan isn't talented. I'm saying that the mid-Atlantic accent is annoying, and I don't care. Steve Coogan with a mid-Atlantic accent is fucking annoying. I want to hear his... Just his normal... I'd rather hear Alan Partridge, frankly. <laughs> Which is, which, which is basically his voice now. It's not even, doesn't even sound like that. Yeah. Steve, Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge have actually become the same person. Anyway, that, that, that's the rant. That's it. Uh, uh, and you're not allowed to disagree with me because it's my rant. This is, what, this yeah. is what's got on my go, okay? And Jen, I celebrate your rant. Celebrate. Yes, good. Thank you. Jesus Christ. I mean, I didn't even get a call back to one of my own things that I said. I'm not a comedian. Comedian am I that I don't get a I don't understand that another comedian has to point a call back out to me. No, I did, well I should have said it the wrong way is what I should have done. That was my fault. I should have celebrated. Yeah, <laughs> you. <better>. I... <laughs> oh my days! This has been a marathon record. I mean, let's be honest, an hour of it was just spent going. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? That's the end of the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> Right, should we do the pickups now? (laughs) Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.